Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 255. And today we are continuing our restaurant storytelling series, but we are not in Disney Springs today, which I know is a little off of what we've been doing. There is a method to the madness, but we are traveling over to Animal Kingdom today, and we are going to be talking about Yak and Yeti. So the reason for breaking this trend is that we are celebrating the anniversary of the Asia expansion in Animal Kingdom. So that happened on March 1st, 1999. However, Yak and Yeti did not open until later on November 14th, 2007. But Much we're, later. But we're still celebrating the Asia expansion one year later after Animal Kingdom opened. Almost a year later to the day. Yes. So we're excited to get into it. A couple key facts that you need to know about Yak and Yeti. The first thing is it is actually not owned by Disney which makes it the only restaurant in Animal Kingdom that is not Disney-owned. It's owned by Landry's. Mm, So right there, that's a controversy right now. So you're saying Rainforest Cafe is not in Animal Kingdom? I mean, it's not inside the park. You could go to Rainforest Cafe without a park reservation. Okay, I'm with you. I agree. So Landry's, they also run... Rainforest Cafe, like Brendan just mentioned, the T-Rex Cafe restaurant. T-Rex Cafe. Joe's Crab Shack, that's a personal favorite, Del Frisco's, and Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. And many, many more. Which is interesting. They do a lot of restaurants. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But within Disney, really the main ones are Rainforest Cafe, T-Rex Cafe, and then here at Yak and Yeti. Now, I think Yak and Yeti is in a different league than all of those previously mentioned. But I guess we're not here to do a review, but I just, I don't view it the same as all those others. Well, it is different too, because it's not a chain. All of those other restaurants are chain restaurants, so to speak. This is a one of a kind, and it does fit into Animal Kingdom so perfectly. So it's interesting in that sense. So if you're new to this series, our goal here, uh, storytelling started when we talked about attractions, talking about how we can better understand the story so that we better appreciate these attractions when we're experiencing them. Restaurant storytelling takes a similar approach where we're looking at these dining locations and trying to understand the story that is being told to us there. And I think it's a lot more subtle than the attractions. However, this entire area of Asia is like a gold mine. For storytelling. Oh, absolutely. Because Asia itself has its own story to tell that fits in with the whole theme of Animal Kingdom. So with conservation and, you know, just admiring the natural beauty of these different places, but also while telling its own completely unique story. So let's start there. Let's talk about Asia. 
all of the Asia land is set in this fictional kingdom of Anandapur. And so Anandapur, like you said, it's fictional, so it draws inspiration from Cambodia, from India, Indonesia, Mongolia, Nepal, and Thailand. Do any of those stand out more to you than others? To me, it's India and Nepal are the two that I could have named like off the top of my head when you're there. I was going to say Nepal. And it also goes back to we went into a lot of detail with Asia in a previous storytelling episode when we talked about the Kali River Rapids. We and kind with of, Expedition Everest. A little bit with Expedition Everest, too. But we really focused on, you know, what is Anandapur? How does this play into Asia as a whole, as far as Animal Kingdom goes? So there's a lot more detail there. But that's the one that I always remember is Nepal. So if you're looking at Asia from a map standpoint, of course, it starts at the bridge over to Asia when you're walking from Discovery Island. From the other direction, it starts basically at Mr. Kamal's Fries in the when on that walkway between Africa and Asia. And then it runs all way all the way back to the Nemo musical. Now that we've had this discussion before of where does the Nemo musical fall? It's not Dino Land, it's not Asia. I think it's just It's just space. there. So it's basically right when you get past Everest, that's where Asia ends. And but then it goes all the way back into Kali River Rapids, but also the Maharaja Jungle Trek. Yes. So it's it's not I don't think it it covers as much land as Africa, but it's pretty big. It's just kind of cut up kind of strangely, I feel like. Mainly Maharaja. You would be shocked how many people go to Animal Kingdom and never go back there because they don't want to do Kali River Rapids. So they don't think there's a reason to go back there when that's where the entrance to Maharaja is. I absolutely agree with that. That's a good point. Gorilla Falls, too. It's kind of hidden. You got to go into the exit queue of Kilimanjaro. I also wonder if it's a turnoff just to have to like walk. You know, people who go to Disney on vacation are already walking so much. You tell me I have to walk on a trail to see, even though it's very cool, gorillas or tigers. I was definitely that kid growing up. Like I would throw a fit. I never wanted to do those. So I think that might be part of it too, is just like more walking. Count me out of that. I'm going to go over here and sit on this bench. So back to Asia. Yes, back to Asia. Within Asia, there are two towns, Anandapur, within Anandapur, which is a little confusing, and Sirkazong. So Sirkazong is where Everest is located. So kind of once you walk past the Yakin Yeti area and you're walking next to the water, that's when you're getting into the Sirkazong portion. However, it is, it is still part of the Anandapur kingdom but Anandapur is also a village within the kingdom, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So Anandapur is where we're going to set our focus today, because that's where our story starts to unfold and how this takes place. So here's the bullet point story of how this came to be. So Arjun, which is a name, it's an individual. He was a rich merchant who lived in the village of Anandapur. And so he, as a merchant, you would think he owns shops. He does something of that nature. Trading, probably. Trading. 
and he fell on hard times. And so he turned his home into the Yak and Yeti Hotel. So the building itself is actually his former residence. And it still is his residence in a minute. And I know you wanted to talk about that. Well, so it's just interesting because according to the story, so his home was built in 1924. And then as his business started to expand, so this hotel business that he created, he added on to his original home. So we did take a minute when we were there today, actually, and we just looked at the building, you know, picked out what looked like the original home, what looked different, how it played into the other architecture that we could see throughout Asia and throughout Anandapur. And it's very streamlined. It all looks like it fits together. But you can see where it kind of looks like this house or this hotel now has been pieced together, which is pretty unique. So it basically starts like right from the edge of the Up Bird Theater Mm -hmm. all the way to like it wraps around and it goes all the way back to uh, Cali River Rapids. Yeah. So it's a pretty big space and that plays into the into the story too. So basically because this was his home, the dining experience when you go inside is very what you would expect. Whereas you don't have one big open concept dining space. Everything inside is divided into smaller rooms. So you have what seems to be like the lobby when you first enter the building, you have like the bar area. Um, what would you call it? Like the seating area within the hotel. You have a front room, which is kind of like where the patio maybe used to be at one time, like a sunroom. And then, you know, there's an upstairs portion where all the other guest rooms and even the permanent residents now are. Because not only is it a hotel, but people live there too. So we do know that Arjun and his family live here. We also know that there are other families who permanently live in this building as well. We don't know as much about their names or their background, but we do know there's more than one family. Are they relatives? Is it like extended family? I don't know. I couldn't really pick up an indication of anything that would suggest that. Mm-hmm. Did you? No, I'm not really sure. I think if I had to theorize, and we'll talk about it in just a minute. So because this hotel exists, and because the restaurant exists too, all of these other different businesses have popped up around it. So if you look into that transition area between the up uh, theater and Yak and Yeti, you're going to see a salon. You're going to see a coffee shop. You're going to see billboards or, or flyers for like uh, internet services or like training. And then, of course, we even know from the other side, if, you, if you're looking at the building and you look to the right, there's the quick service version of Yak and Yeti. And then there's the merchant shops this outdoor marketplace. And then you can even take it a step further and say across the road, there's both the place where you can get like the frozen Coke and the Joffrey's location here. Which is the Anandapur Tea Company. Correct. So basically what you need to understand is that Yak and Yeti, the hotel, sparked all of this business for Anandapur. And so if I had to theorize, I would say 
the other people who are living with him are the owners of these other businesses. Oh, that's a good theory. Work and live close to each other. And it's probably pretty cheap rent because I'm sure um, he's just happy to get, you know, the money. So I'm sure he's going to give it to him at a discount. Maybe they can work together. So the only people that we really know about from here are the the bar owners are ex-Australians living here. The One of the merchant or the marketplace owners is from Germany. So it's interesting that they're not all Anandapurians, I guess is what you would call them. <laughs> they could be immigrants from other places, which makes sense because this is a big place for traveling. And the hotel is considered like a boutique hotel. So it caters to a higher clientele. Um, and I mean, it sits kind of in the middle of Anandapur. Like you said, if you think about where the boundaries of Asia, well, maybe not the middle. I lied a little. It's kind of on the outskirts, but it's a good location. You have to walk by there to get into the rest of the Asia land. And you can kind of view that Anandapur is the business portion that's leading into all these travelers who are coming here for Everest. That's the main attraction in Anandapur. And so, of course, you don't want to stay, you know, at the beginning or end of your expedition. You would probably stay in Anandapur instead of in Sarkozong, which is more just about the experience of going up into Everest. They could be there for the rapids. We saw a lot of signage, a lot of flyers for Kali River Rapids just throughout Asia, too. You could make it like a scavenger hunt. How many how many times can you see Kali River Rapids logo? So it's a nice little uh, weekend getaway. It is. One day you get to uh, scale Everest. Get Got to finish it one day, though. Yes. That's Saturday's activity. Sunday you get to go on Kali River Rapids and eat at Yak and Yeti. What a weekend. And you probably see some tigers along the way as well. So if we start to think about all of these merchants, all of these other people who are even either living with Arjun or have set up their shops because of him, the one that stands out to me is one that we frequent when we go to Animal Kingdom, Mr. Kamal's Fries. Legend. Do you think they know each other? Are they friends? They're probably enemies because they're they're both serving some dang good food. Hmm. I hope they're not enemies. Surely what needs to happen is Mr. Kamal needs to share his fry recipe with Yak and Yeti. <laughs> they, birth, they both serve some really good dumplings. We've had both of those. That is true. They're both good. But yeah, I mean, I think you could make the case that Mr. Kamal probably lives at Yak and Yeti as well. I mean, where else do you see housing in Anandapur? I think this is it. I think that's false because, and I only say that because the Kali River Rapids, that entrance where the sign is, the family who runs the tours lives there. Okay. I remember that from that storytelling episode. So it's not the only residence. It might be a major one, and especially as a hotel. But it's not the only one. So just to finish this thought, 
The other people that we know live in Anandapur are Norbu and Bob from Himalayan Adventures. Yes. Do you think there's any clues that they might live here, or do they live in Sarkazong? Are they commuters, or do they live in Sarkazong? That would be quite the commute. So this is meant to be located right at the base of the Himalayas. Himalayan Escapes. Sorry, I missed. I said their company name wrong. Norbu and Bob. So it is meant to be right in that area. I just have a hard time thinking that that's where they live. I don't know if it fits the narrative. Like them being these Sherpas, these guides living in a fancy boutique hotel. See, I would I would guess that Norbu and Bob probably live within the offices at Himalayan Escapes. That would be a better prediction. Because we even noticed today in a lot of the rooms in the Everest queue, there's a second story, and it looked like some of them had beds up there. Mm-hmm. So they might have their own little room and board situation as well, and you could probably guess that Norbu and Bob live there full time with their business. I think that's fair. So let's get into the details because I think what makes Yak and Yeti so interesting, like the rest of honestly just Animal Kingdom, is that there are details everywhere you look. Everything that is in this restaurant tells a story. And one thing that you need to know is that all of the decor, all of the furniture in Yak and Yeti is meant to be from Arjun's collection, either from his travels or, you know, just his personal belongings. So this is, again, not your typical dining experience. Nothing matches. It's very kind of like a hodgepodge mixture of things, which I can appreciate. But with all of these details, there are a few that I wanted to point out, and then you can always find more. Um, So the one is... And again, this kind of relates back to when we talked about Kali River Rapids, where they have all of the statues of the different gods and goddesses that might be helping out with, you know, just the religious beliefs of this area. Um, There's a statue of Ganesha, which is the Hindu deity known to be the remover of obstacles. So it's basically, um, it looks like the red elephant that's sitting in the lobby. So this might have contributed to his success. Um, You also have luggage at the check-in desk. You can see little room keys hanging up in that kind of front area. There are signage for different rooms and hotel guests, even upstairs. They did let us walk upstairs, which was pretty cool. Um, You could see on the walls the painted room numbers, which would tell everybody where their rooms are, obviously. And then there are portraits of the current Raja and his wife that also appear elsewhere in Anandapur. So these are obviously fictional people, but this is something that was studied by the Imagineers when they created Anandapur. So basically, these portraits would have to be posted. It's required by law um, in all businesses. So they'd have to be purchased from the government, and that would make the portraits both both a business license and a tax. So even though the couple is fictional, it is something um, that's real in all of those different countries that Brendan mentioned 
that played into Anandapur being created. So if you can find this couple, that's another kind of like hide and seek. You can find their pictures in other attractions and in other places throughout Anandapur, like, for example, the Himalayan Escapes Tours and Expeditions building. They are in there. It's just wild how in-depth they went in all of Animal Kingdom, but specifically in Asia, because I don't know about you. I always preferred Africa over Asia, and I probably still do. We haven't gone too far into the story of Harambe, but we have now covered pretty much everything in Anandapur. Yes. All the major things. I mean, it is it is incredible how synced up everything is here as far as playing off of each other. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that I have to this entire area is that Yak and Yeti is kind of the glue that holds this all together. Do you think that's fair? I'm I'm interested in your reasoning for that bold statement. I think that this gives us the biggest glimpse into the people of Anandapur. We sort you don't really get it in Everest. Really in Everest you only learn about Norbu and Bob and you learn about the ancient stories of this land but not present day on like how are they living? Where are they working? What are they eating? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, you're the expert in Cali River Rapids, so you may be able to tell me some things on the people that I would miss there. I guess Cali River Rapids gives us a great glimpse into their religious beliefs. Their religious beliefs, and also just, it makes me think about like the conservation piece, too, since that's a big part of the story is you know, recognizing that they're burning the trees and they're trying to stop that and that piece of it too. So for me, it's just hard to pick like one staple, like one glue. I am very biased towards Collie River Rapids though. I guess maybe glue is not the right word. Instead, I would just say this rounds out the story for me in a nice, like it wraps it up with a bow. I do agree with that. And it's something that I did not expect from a restaurant because there are so many little details here. There's so much to look at. And just like the rest of Asia, a lot of detail went into picking out these things inside the restaurant. Like they are authentic artifacts and they were gathered from all around Southeast Asia by the Shushler Creative, which is the group that is responsible for designing the Landry's restaurants. So it kind of makes me think about like the engineer, not the engineers, the Imagineers and Joe Rohde, who went on all of these trips to find these things like our favorite ladder in, you know, Everest. They took that extra time to make sure that it was really putting you in this experience to make it believable. Like when you go into Yak and Yeti, you can actually believe that this is somebody's home that has been converted into a hotel That is also a restaurant because of, you know, the hodgepodge of things in there, all the little details. I mean, it's believable. I would have loved to have been a fly on that wall between the meeting between the Imagineers and Landry's and their creative team to say, like, was there an approval process? Was it Landry's, you take it and run? Was it 
The Imagineer is kind of giving prompts of saying, here's what you need to do. Because obviously, so much meticulous care was put into Asia. Mm-hmm. They would not let the the premier restaurant in this area fail them, I don't think. I do think they must have had to work together. Again, simply for the fact that it ties in so well to everything else that is going on. I mean, because if it was just Landry's doing their own thing, I feel almost like, and don't take this the wrong way if you're a big Landry's fan, but I feel like it would have been almost, I don't know if gimmicky is the word that I'm looking for, but like if you think about Rainforest Cafe or the T-Rex restaurant, they're cool and they're kind of larger than life. But when you go into the Rainforest Cafe, do you truly think that you're in the rainforest? Yes. Don't, don't even. <laughs> so I think they did have to kind of up everything that they did. Like you can even go onto the Yak and Yeti website that's run by Landry's and they specifically tell the story. So I think they knew that with this restaurant, it was, that it was important to have that story and to know what it was. The only thing I wish they would have adopted from their previous restaurants is why is the host not standing in a giant elephant? <laughs> why is there no like big scene with flashing lights that makes everything on the walls move? Why don't they have a Christmas overlay? Huh? That that I could support. Although I don't maybe I'm lying. That would be sacrilegious to like put a I was going to say, Christmas I don't think hat on like the deities and stuff. Yeah, they definitely, I don't think for the most part they celebrate Christmas in this part of the world for the majority of people. I always forget how much you nerd out on this area specifically since you used to teach on like Hindu and Buddhism. I love it all so much. It makes me a little giddy. I think that's why I love Kali River Rapids so much. It's just because it's fun. It's fun. To look at the detail and to be like, oh my gosh, I taught about this and it's in a Disney park. And they cared that they cared enough to, you know, do it justice. I just think that's really cool. It is cool. And God we never, bless get, you, Joe and we never get to do Collie River Rapids. So it's, it's closed fine. right now, so. Is it really? Yeah, they're working on the exit queue of it. Mm, okay. Fair. There's walls back there. Uh, if you walk towards Maharaja, you stop right there. They have walls cutting it off. Oh, okay. See, that proves how little we walk back there. So what are kind of your final thoughts on this area? I mean, I kind of already stated mine. I just think that this this introduces new characters to the land, which I think is always important to tell a story. Is give us characters. Give us people to root for, you know? We now feel a connection and understand that this is ran by Arjun and his family because they're trying to make ends meet. Because their their freaking mountain is possessed by a <laughs> Yeti and it's killed their tourism. Or has it increased it? <laughs> well, still unknown. Yeah, I I mean, for the most, I completely agree. As far as the storytelling being seamless, I think it makes a world of difference. I think all the little details, we can't even express all of them 
in one podcast because there's just so many things in there to look at. I think all of the rooms that you get to sit in tell their own story. But then in the bigger picture, I do think it gives me a bigger appreciation for Anandapur. Again, just kind of tying it back to the people. Because it's cool to walk through there. But once you understand that these are people who are, you know, whether they're Sherpas or they're trying to save the trees through conservation or they're just trying to make ends meet, tying it all together. And even with the pictures of the Raja and his wife, I mean, I just think that's cool. So the one question I have is, are you satisfied with the explanation of the rest of the surrounding area around Yak and Yeti Hotel and what we know as Yak and Yeti Restaurant. Are you satisfied with just saying that, hey, that's why these other little shacks and food truck type businesses are around here. It's just because this is where all the people are and they were attracted to this area. Yeah, I don't think it needs more of a story than that because I think it makes sense. You know, it's not like they just popped up overnight for no reason, but they popped up because this is where people were traveling. This is where it was easy to trade. Um, you know, since there was already an established business here, it it just makes sense. Just like any other town that you would visit, you know, one popular thing pops up and then everything just kind of surrounds it. You know, you want to build on their own success. So it makes sense. I can already tell if we ever get into the merch game, you're going to try to make so much Anandapur merch. I'm going to have to like put put a stop on you. Put restrictions? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know if I'm creative enough. That's a lot of pressure. I feel like just because I love this area so much, that's a lot of pressure. You know, you have to do it justice. So are you Team Asia over Team Africa? So that's a hard one for me to pick, too. Just like you said, historically, I've always been Team Africa. I love Harambe. I love the safari that has always held my heart forever and ever. Quick, quick story real quick. You know, I've been doing these TikTok lives and going into Animal Kingdom. It never fails. Every single time we walk into Africa, people are like, Harambe, like the gorilla. Oh, my God. R.I.P. Harambe. And that just like takes over. I would like to say I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised at all. Do you think Disney wished that they could change it? Like it wasn't so set in stone that this village is called Harambe? Like the Harambe Wildlife Reserve? Because now anybody who hasn't been there since Harambe, when was that? Ten years ago? That's been years. They They would think that this area is named after the gorilla. You think people think that? Yes. I 100% think that people think that. I would have never guessed that. They might. They might regret it, honestly, because they tried to be so, like, non-controversial. I feel like that could be something that could be controversial. I don't know. Harambe became more of a meme than he was, like, an actual gorilla. Oh, don't. Poor guy. No, I'm just saying that like that the meme culture took on a life of its own on Harambe. That's fair. Okay, back on track. I think it's it's probably too early to tell. I think when we do Tusker House, 
that will probably be a good time for us to really dive into what does the town of Harambe have to offer because we've done Kilimanjaro for storytelling, but you don't really have to talk about the town too much. No. To do no, that. And we didn't. Fair enough. But instead but when we do Tusker House or Dawabar, wink wink. We could put the two together. No, Dawabar deserves an episode of itself. I love Dawa Bar. Well, we might love it, but we'll see. We'll see what we come up or with. Or the little snack stand that's across from Dawa Bar. I know it has a story. Mm-hmm. So that will probably give us a good insight into what the culture and life of Harampe really is. I guess as of right now, I greatly appreciate Anandapur's story. So that might be winning out a little even though it hurts my heart. I'm just fascinated by Africa anyway. That's like the top of my bucket list. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So any other final thoughts on Yak and Yeti? I think it's a must visit. I think, obviously we don't talk about food, but the everything that we ate was excellent. So we can speak to that. And I think if you are truly trying to immerse yourself in Anandapur in Asia in Animal Kingdom. I think this is a great place to go. Instead of eating at Restaurantosaurus, <laughs> I would opt for Yak and Yeti. Um, I think that we kind of fell into this fallacy for a long time that the Yak and Yeti quick service and sit down were equal, and they are not. They at are all. not created equal. The Yak and Yeti quick service is good. I think it's the third best quick service in Animal Kingdom beside behind Satuli and Flame Tree. But it, this the table service is a completely different ball game. And so I would highly recommend that if you have not taken the opportunity to go in there, I would say it's even worth it just to see the inside. And I would probably ask to sit upstairs if you could to see the hotel rooms. Yeah, I think there's a lot more to look at upstairs than downstairs. We sat downstairs. Our room wasn't all that cool. We had a big rooster next to us. We did have a rooster next to us. A statue of a rooster. Yeah. <laughs> Not a real rooster. But yeah, I mean, if you if you have the opportunity to suggest a table, I'm not sure how much they give into requests right now. But it's a super cool place. And I think... It just enhances the story. A good day would be eating at Yak and Yeti, doing the Kali River Rapids and Everest. And Maharaja Jungle Trek. And Maharaja Jungle Trek. Stop at the Thirsty River Bar if you're in the, into that. And the Anandapur Tea Company, Joffrey's. Oh, yes. I mean, you could make a full day out of just immersing yourself in that area. And I think that'd be really cool. And that ice cream is supposed to be excellent right before Everest, but we never stop there. I've had it before, though. I mean, it's soft serve ice cream. You can't go wrong with that. Okay. They have waffle cones. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that information. So, yeah, all in all, I just think this is a, it's a nice little bow on the story of Anandapur. So if you haven't already, I would highly suggest going back and listening to the Kali River Rapids episode and the Expedition Everest episode of both of these. 
And I can money back guarantee that if you listen to those three and don't have a more enjoyable time in your next visit to Asia, I'll give you your money back. There just might be something wrong with you if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, big fans, big fans. And Kali, we talked about this last time. As long as the wait is less than like 20 minutes, it's worth just going through for the queue. You can opt out if you don't want to get wet. However, especially right now with no water cannons, nobody's getting wet on that ride. Not as wet. Yeah, it's a lot easier to stay dry. There's a few drops. Again, the ride is super short. It's kind of a letdown as far as rides go. But you have a a decent chance of getting out without being soaked. But the queue is excellent. The queue makes the entire thing. Skip the ride, see the queue. Good deal. So, thank you so much for listening to this Monday's episode of Restaurant Storytelling on Yak and Yeti. We will be back on Thursday, and we are doing It's a Small World. Which is crazy that we haven't talked about this one yet. It's obviously a staple. We will have to talk about both the Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom. I'm just focusing on Disneyland. Oh, are you? Well, but it, we have to compare just a just a teeny bit. Here's the... Never mind. I'll save it for save Thursday. Save it for Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great week. If you've gotten any sort of enjoyment or education, please leave us an iTunes review. It helps us out. It helps other people find us. And it truly makes our day. So thanks. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.